Listen to one of this year's top true crime podcasts. Unknown Subject, Season 3 of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast is out now on all podcast platforms. Service will have a huge impact after hours. In downtown D.C., I'm John Doman. President Biden defends his decision to ask Congress to step in to avert a potential holiday rail strike. Good morning. Welcome in. It's 3 o'clock on WTOP. This is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance. I'm Christopher Cruz in Washington. Congress has voted to force the nation's railroads and its 12 unions to operate under a deal they reached in September, even though four of those unions rejected it. More from CBS's Scott McFarland. President Biden, who'd built a record of supporting labor unions, defied some of them by asking Congress to intervene. We're going to avoid the rail strike, keep the rails running, keep things moving. Many Republicans argued Congress shouldn't be meddling in a labor negotiation. I'm not going to vote to impose an agreement that the workers have explicitly voted on and explicitly rejected. Nurses at 16 hospitals in the Minneapolis, St. Paul, and Duluth, Minnesota areas have authorized a strike unless a contract deal is reached soon. Leaders of the Minnesota Nurses Association hope that the vote to strike will motivate hospital leadership to improve offers on pay, workplace violence prevention, and staffing levels. Trisha Oxner is a registered nurse at Children's Hospital Minneapolis. Ask any nurse with young children how much paid sick time they have in their balance, and they'll probably tell you not enough. And Alina Health spokesperson says they're disappointed that a strike notice was issued when the community is experiencing a triple threat of illnesses and before they've exhausted all available options to reach agreement. Jennifer Kuyper, CBS News. A former San Antonio, Texas police officer who shot a 17-year-old as that teen put his car in reverse while eating a hamburger has now been indicted on a charge of attempted murder. Bear County District Attorney Joe Gonzalez. Justice means prosecuting that individual for this conduct. Just Justice means obtaining a conviction. Justice means making sure that man never works as a member of law enforcement. The Supreme Court says the administration's student loan debt cancellation program will remain blocked for now. More from CBS's Nora O'Donnell. The Supreme Court has agreed to consider President Biden's plan to cancel hundreds of billions of dollars in student loan debt. The plan will remain on hold until the high court hears arguments in February. Remember, it was a federal appeals court in St. Louis that blocked the plan after six Republican-led states sued, accusing the president of overstepping his authority. Potential House Speaker Kevin McCarthy attended Thursday night state dinner at the White House for French President Emmanuel Macron, where he was asked what issues the White House and Republicans can work on together next year. I think the economy making us energy independent. I think securing our borders, stopping fentanyl. Um, I think holding government accountable. Uh, They haven't had much of that, and I think the country in this last election wanted see a check and balance. So I'm at dinner with my mom, so I'm going to have a great time. President Biden urging Democrats to give up what he calls restrictive caucuses, a big blow to Iowa. This is CBS News. Dr. Travis Stork here to tell you about a great pain reliever called Salon Pass Pain Relieving Patches. Salon Pass is pain medicine in a patch. You stick it right on sore muscles for up to eight hours. Clinical research has shown that people that used Salon Pass reported less pain with improvement in mood, sleep, and the ability to work. Safe, effective relief is one peel in place away. Salon Pass, it's good medicine. WTOP News Time, now 3.03. The Friday morning, December 2nd, sunny day, lighter with lighter winds. Highs should reach around 50. You're waking up to 30 degrees straight up at our nation's capital right now. 
Good morning to you. I'm Dean Blaine. We do indeed thank you for taking us along for your early morning ride. Now being the local stories we're looking at for you this morning, we begin this hour with a murder suspect who police say was toying with them by calling 911. Now under arrest this morning, his capture coming a day after he was called Fairfax County's most wanted. He lives in Mount Vernon and he was arrested on a residential street here in Mount Vernon. Fairfax County police tell WTOP they were watching the car. 43-year-old Kion Omar Braxton Drop McLean. When he shows up, they ID him, try to engage, and he takes off. A police car tactical maneuver ends with Trump McLean's vehicle in a shallow ditch in front of a house on Colonial Avenue, which is near Woodley Hills Elementary. The resident there, not interested in talking. Now, back on Wednesday, a reward of 11 grand was announced for Trump McLean, who's wanted in the October 2nd killing of Brandon Wims. From the Mount Vernon Police District Station, Christy King, WTOP News. WTOP Friday morning at 3.04. Virginia has its first death from Impox to tell you about this morning. That's the new name now for what used to be called monkeypox. The state's health department says the patient was an adult who lived in the state's eastern health region. Health managers say you should contact your health care provider if you have fever, chills, swollen lymph nodes, or a new unexplained rash. People who might have been exposed to Mpox should further receive the vaccine as soon as possible to reduce the chance of developing it. Mpox is the new term again for monkeypox and is spread through close person-to-person contact. It was early Thursday morning in part of our area, a nightmare scenario. I woke up about 1.45 to an embery glow outside of my bedroom door. Tyron Foster Lewis was a was inside that three-story townhome in Odenton early in the morning when a fire started Thursday. The home is located on St. Michael's Circle near Fort Meade's main gate. Foster Lewis tells our news partners at NBC4 this week she only had one thought, get to her partially paralyzed aunt sleeping upstairs and get her out. Foster Lewis did manage to do that, but her 67-year-old aunt, we're told, was taken to the hospital in critical condition with burns. The townhouse and a home next door damaged. The cause of the fire is this morning under investigation, but firefighters say high winds helped spread the flames. WTLP at 3.06. Next week, the D.C. Council will take up a bill that would make all Metro bus rides in the district free starting next summer in July. But some industries aren't just excited about the free rides themselves, but when those rides will actually be free. The district's restaurant and bar industry has long pushed for longer hours from Metro. And not just because it provides a safe ride for patrons who might stay out late. Restaurants, kitchen may not close to 11 o'clock. Your last crew's not going to get out of there until 11.30, 12.30. And, of course, the bar last calls at 1.30. Che Rudel Tabasola is with the Restaurant Association of Metropolitan Washington. He says those workers often have to either drive themselves or catch a ride share. There aren't a lot of options. But if this Metro bus bill passes, Council Chair Phil Mendelson and Ward Six's Charles Allen say the 12 busiest bus lines in the city would also run 24 hours a day. They're routes that everybody knows, and, and they're routes that run through every ward in our city. In downtown D.C., John Dome and WTOP News. Just the way you look tonight. You're with Dean Lane on WTOP. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Cynthia and Ed. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, out of the blue, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. And uh, she didn't know whether she should go forward or, or turn or just stay at the stop sign. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. She was very concerned. It was very unsettling for her. 
it's important for you to talk to someone about it, to bring the family in on it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, I don't want you to worry or be afraid. I'll be there for you, and we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. It's Friday, December 2nd. Welcome into WTOP. Glad you're with us this early hour. 3.08 in the morning to be Michael exact. and Sons heating tune-up for only $69. Michael and Sons. Driving in weather on the 8s and when it breaks. Good morning to Rich Hunter in the WTOP Traffic Center. Hi, good morning, Dean. Right now, just about done picking up the work on the inner loop issue at east of New Hampshire Avenue toward I-95. They're much closer to New Hampshire Avenue than they are to uh, 95, so you should find all lanes open here momentarily. Uh, heads up, they are checking for a crash reported to be on University Boulevard East, east of Colesville Road near St. Lawrence Avenue. Police and fire headed that way. Report of a vehicle overturned and one possibly trapped. Uh, so be careful. A heavy response headed that way. Now, on the Beltway in Virginia, on the inner loop, as you had North Arlington Boulevard toward I-66 for the moment. Traffic is getting by. Single file to the left. Uh, delays have eased somewhat. But again, best bet at this point, express lanes are open on the inner loop and get by without delay. And even when they stop traffic in the main line, you still get by in the inner loop express lane. So that's your best bet at this point. Out of loop headed south, the American Legion Bridge toward uh, to a point just beyond Georgetown Pike headed toward the Dulles Toll Road. Single file left past the work zone. And again, for now, delays have been brief. Back in Maryland, 270 south near 85 Bucky's Town Pike. You've been down to a single left lane through the work zone. No complaints of any delays as of late. And still working on both sides of old Georgetown Road between Democracy Boulevard and the Bellway northbound single file to the right gets you by southbound just a single left lane blocked. Rich Hunter, W Chippy Traffic. We've got a cold your Friday morning for sure, so you will need the coats out there, the gloves, the hats, whatever. We're talking temperatures in the low to mid-20s for most areas. Now, we do rebound nicely. Sunshine. Look for a high temperature around 52 and with light wind. That's a nice afternoon. On Saturday, we'll see a good chance for shower activity early. It will be uh, warm again with a high of 63, but you'll need the umbrellas early in the day. Late in the day, we'll see the wind pick up. Strong winds ushering in much colder air. On Sunday, we're seeing highs only in the 40s. I'm Storm Team 4, Chief Meteorologist Doug Cameron. Right now, we're at 35 degrees in College Park, 25 in Fairfax. It's 34 on the National Mall. We are looking at 30 degrees straight up in our nation's capital this 3 a.m. hour, Friday morning, December 2nd. Glad you're with us here at WTOP. This check brought to you this morning by Long Fence. Save 15% on Long Fence decks, pavers, and fences. Go to longfence.com today and schedule your free in-home estimate. Grab the calculator. Coming up this half hour on WTOP, we'll shift gears and crunch the latest jobless numbers for you. This is WTOP News. At 311 Friday morning, glad you're with us. A recent federal audit found serious deficiencies in the way the D.C. Housing Authority operates. Now city leaders are looking to scrap the D.C.H.A. board and start all over again. Mayor Muriel Bowser says the D.C. Housing Authority needs an agile board made up of experts who deeply understand the issues of housing development and federal housing law so the city can deliver the housing residents in the community deserve. The mayor and D.C. Council Chairman Phil Mendelson have introduced legislation to dissolve the current Housing Authority Board of Commissioners and replace it with a new Stabilization and Reform Board. Five public members with expertise in housing and capital projects would serve on the temporary eight-member board, which would be in place for three years and provide quarterly progress updates. Sarah Jacobs, WTOP News. At least two D.C. council members have released statements on Twitter opposing the plan to replace the Housing Authority Board. Stay tuned. WTOP News Time, now 311. 
some mixed numbers this week when it comes to the job market. The Labor Department reports the number of Americans applying for jobless benefits fell by 6,000 to 225,000. But the number of people still collecting benefits is actually up. And November saw a big rise in job cuts. This morning, Mark Hadbrick, senior economic correspondent for Bankrate.com, with his read on the latest number. It's broadly representative of a job market which is coming off of historically strong levels but is beginning to moderate. Some might say weaken, but I don't think we can say the job market is weak. And uh, as evidence of that, on Wednesday, the Labor Department said we had 10.3 million job openings as of last count. There continues to be a huge mismatch between demand for workers and supply of workers to fill those jobs. We heard from Fed Chair Jerome Powell, who indicated future interest rate hikes won't be as large as what we had lately. What do you make of that? Well, uh, he continues to believe that the economy needs a dose of interest rate medicine, but we can dial down uh, the strength of that medicine. And exactly how much more of that medication in the form of interest rate hikes will be required will be dependent on the future pace of inflation. And just as one measure of inflation, the Fed's most closely watched metric came in with a gain a year over year of 5%. That's below the consumer price index, which has been closer to 8%. But that 5% number is still well above the Fed's inflation target of 2%. So the Fed still believes we have an inflation problem. Mark, you know, we've been talking about the dreaded R word for quite some time, and it still hasn't gone away. Is the recession still a real threat? Well, Hillary, it would always be a threat no matter what. But those uh, risks have been viewed as elevated, I would say, since the middle part of this year, to say the very least. And I would say that there's still a a high probability of a recession in 2023. But I'll continue to, let's say, pound the table. Uh, I won't make the noise here, but to pound the table that the next recession need not be nearly as severe as the last two. When we had in 2009 an unemployment rate of 10 percent in early 2020, 0.7%. And people have already been dealing with a heck of a big problem. That's inflation. So I wouldn't be as concerned about whether we have a recession, but rather the magnitude and the longevity of that. And it need not be nearly as severe. Mark Hamrick, Senior Economic Correspondent for Bankrate.com. Punching the latest jobless numbers with Sean and Hillary. You are listening to 103.5 FM and WTOP.com. There are more ways than ever to listen to WTOP on air, online, on Alexa, and on the WTOP app. WTOP, Washington's top news. Constantly updated, 24-7, 365. You're with Dean Lane on WTOP. Sports at 15 and 45, powered by Red River. Technology decisions aren't black and white. Think red. Hey, Rodney, morning, December 2nd, 2022. Sports time indeed at 315, and here's Rob. The Capitals' two first-period goals weren't enough to escape Seattle with a win as the Kraken stunned the Caps 3-2 in overtime, scoring the game winner just seven seconds into the extra session, Martin Ferravari. We just slowed down on everything, and uh, we turned back uh, a lot, and uh, I don't think we deserved to win today. Like um, We were just getting worse, I think, and uh, they played pretty hard. Former Capitals came back to haunt them as Philip Grubauer made 21 saves in a solid night in net for Seattle, and Daniel Sprung assisted on the game time goal late in the third period. Despite being a heavy underdog, number 20 Maryland handed 7th-ranked Notre Dame its first loss of the season, 74-72. 
in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Diamond Miller, the hero, she scored Maryland's final five points, including the jumper at the buzzer to cap her 31.12 rebound masterpiece. Thursday night football in New England had a 1980s feel to it as the Patriots wore their Pat Patriot throwback uniforms in a 24-10 loss to the Buffalo Bills. They fall back to 6-6. Six and six. Back home, the Washington Commanders' Joey Sly was named the NFC Special Teams Player of the Month for a dominant November in which he made all 10 of his field goals, including a career-high 58-yarder as part of his four-field goal game in Philadelphia, Scott Turner. He's done an outstanding job. Obviously, the Philly game is one that stands out with the long kicks. But just knowing that, like, hey, you get to a certain yard mark, you're going to at least get points on the board. You want to score touchdowns, but those threes add up as well. I have a bold prediction for Sly Sunday in New York. It's in this week's D.C. Sports Huddle, wherever you get your podcasts. Rob Woodfork, WTOP Sports. All right, thanks, Rob. As always, 316, Friday morning, December 2nd on WTOP. Welcome in. A new series premieres on Disney Plus that's a sequel to the 1988 fantasy movie Willow. I recommend re-watching the 1988 original, but the sequel series at least opens with a flashback montage to catch you up. You'll recall a baby of prophecy, Alora Dannon, was sent down river like Moses to escape the evil Queen Bavmorda and taken in by a Willow of good. Now a new heroine, Kit, daughter of Sorsha and Mad Mardigan, leads a group of misfits on a quest to find her kidnapped brother. Brother Eric. We're looking for the sorcerer, Willow. You remind me of your mother. My biggest gripe is that his kidnapping is hard to see like those dark battles from Game of Thrones, but the script does a nice job keeping us guessing about the identity of the adult Alora Dan. Will adult Willow join their quest, and will Val Kilmer return as Mad Mardigan? Read my full review on WTOP.com. Jason Fraley, WTOP News. Okay, I've pushed three buttons. There we go. WTOP at 317 instead, of course, sitting here talking to myself. Maryland driver fought a $100 speeding ticket from one of those cameras in D.C. and won. That victory might make it easier for others like you to get your ticket dismissed. D.C.'s Court of Appeals ruled in favor of a driver who says the speed limit sign near the speed camera on Military Road was mounted extraordinarily high and was obscured by tree branches. Councilmember Mary Chase says the ruling opens the door for other drivers to challenge their tickets. I would go out to where they say I committed the violation and take a picture of the speed limit sign. If I see that it's obscured in some way, whether it's at the proper height, whatever that is I'm going to go to the DMV and I'm going to say, no, I didn't have to comply with this, even though I was plainly speeding. Neil Loggenstein, WTLP News. The top stories we're following at WTLP and a win for the Justice Department and appeals court this week stopping a special master's review of records taken from Donald Trump's Florida home. The Senate voting to avert that harmful freight rail strike going to the president's desk now for his signature. And here at home, the man who was called Fairfax County's most wanted is now behind bars. Keep your dial right here on WTLP for full details and these developing stories in just minutes for the time is 318. Rich Hunter in the WTOP Traffic Center. All right, check in for one possibly stopped in the roadway, broken down tractor trailer on the outer loop of the Beltway between the I-95 interchange and New Hampshire Avenue. They were checking for it. May actually even, it could possibly be on the ramp from southbound 95 to join the outer loop. So just be careful, headed over that way. Maryland State Highways and Maryland State Police en route to give assistance. Now, you're traveling 95 southbound, approaching uh, the Baltimore Beltway, again, down to a uh, two right lanes past the Worksome, but getting by without delay. Beyond that, nothing else in your way to down near the Beltway where they're checking for that disabled, so be careful. Baltimore-Washington Parkway has of late a much better ride, uh, both inside and outside the Beltway, and folks headed toward BWI early, no worries. 
Headed north on the Parkway up toward I-195. Uh, southbound 270, approaching 85 Bucky's Town Pike. You've been getting by the work there. Single file to left. Again, no complaints of any delays as of late. Uh, beyond that, nothing else anyway. Headed down toward the split. And even beyond the split to both loops of the Beltway, you're looking good. On the inner loop of the Beltway, yep. Traffic stopped again between Arlington Boulevard and I-66. Once you do get moving, you will get by single file to the left. Express lanes on the inner loop are open and get by without delay. Rich Hunter, WTOP Traffic. The roller coaster continues after that cold Thursday, Friday, going for a high temperature in the upper 40s to low 50s. A pretty nice afternoon after what will be a very cold start, but you've probably already felt that. On Saturday, we'll see uh, rain early, showers, that is, high temperature of 63 with falling temperatures during the day. Sunday's highs only in the 40s. I'm Storm Team 4, Chief Meteorologist Doug Cameron. You're waking up this early 3 a.m. hour, Friday morning, December 2nd, 24 degrees in Rockville, 28 Ashburn, 26 District Heights. 30 degrees even and holding in our nation's capital. This check, this 4, 3 a.m. hour, brought to you by Lynn the Plumber. Trusted same-day service, seven days a week. Check him out, Lynn the Plumber. Good morning, welcome in. It's 3.20 on WTOP. As the war in Ukraine endures. I'm afraid. If you want to win uh, the, the fight, you, you need to, to be alive. Concern continues worldwide. The support of the whole world, it helps a lot. WTOP National Security Correspondent J.J. Green has exclusive frontline analysis from sources across the battlefields of Ukraine. Russia is struggling. And even as they continue struggling, there's no sign they're shutting this war down anytime soon. WTOP News. We take you there. Now we turn to the latest of the war between Russia and Ukraine this morning. Ukraine has been rocked by a new round of Russian shelling this week in the south, knocking out power in the Kherson region just a day after it was restored. And as this unfolds, it looks as though the war has spilled over in a different way into Western Europe. This morning, WTOP National Security Correspondent J.J. Green with details. We told you about two suspicious packages, one that went to the Ukrainian embassy in Madrid and a weapons manufacturing plant in northeastern Spain. One turned up at the U.S. embassy in Madrid. A State Department spokesperson in an email, quote, we can confirm a suspicious package was received at the U.S. embassy in Madrid and are aware of reports of other packages sent to additional locations throughout Spain. We thank Spanish law enforcement for their assistance. Spanish police detonated this package as well as others. Authorities there say this was the sixth related parcel or package that's turned up. Spain's Secretary of State for Security said in a press conference all the packages were sent from inside Spain, but that appears not to be definitive now. Reports are emerging that some may have come from inside Ukraine. JJ, there's some news about Paul Whelan, the American long held in Russia. What do you know about that? Yeah, he was uh, essentially entered into Russian custody in December around Christmas in 2018 and since that time, you know, he's been sentenced to long prison term in a penal colony and he has these rights to speak with his family and uh, his attorneys etc and he usually does this every week for the first time he has not spoken to his family for an entire week and he missed thanksgiving his brother david whelan told us this is unusual for him but their dad's 85th birthday and this is not something he would have missed Russian authorities are saying essentially he's been in a hospital. But the folks who would know, his lawyers and his contacts with the embassies from several countries that are keeping track of him, don't know if this is true, don't know where he is. So this is a very concerning thing. One, 
bright note that may be emerging from this. There has been some talk about a prisoner swap, so some think he may have been pulled out of there as a prelude to something that may be coming up soon. With the latest of the war between Ukraine and Russia, that's WTOP National Security Correspondent J.J. Green and a conversation with Hillary and Shaw. You are listening to 103.5 FM and WTOP.com. Hey, it's Luke Garrett with the DMV Download Podcast. Democrat Wes Moore is weeks away from taking the oath of office as Maryland's next governor. We hear from him firsthand on how he plans to raise a family in the governor's house, whether he likes Old Bay or not, and his uncanny ability to sleep while standing. Get to know Maryland's next governor on the latest episode of the DMV Download Podcast. Find us wherever you listen. I'm John O'Hurley, and I support Paralyzed Veterans of America because our heroes have sacrificed so much for our independence. I had just come home. I had noticed my legs were swept. Next thing I know, it was three weeks later, I was paralyzed. PVA has brought me back to life. While parachuting with my platoon, my parachute didn't open. It left me paralyzed. I just don't think my family would be as happy as they are without the support that I received from Paralyzed Veterans of America. For more than 75 years, Paralyzed Veterans of America has kept a promise to never leave a fallen hero behind. That's why Paralyzed Veterans of America is providing specialized medical care, life-changing treatments, benefits our heroes earned, the jobs they want, and the accessible vehicles and homes they need. Our Paralyzed Veterans have helped us live the lives we enjoy today. It's our turn to give them the best lives possible. To learn more, go to pva.org today. WTOP at 325. Money news each half hour at 25 and 55 on WTOP. A preview of your business day out this Friday morning. This is a Bloomberg Money Minute. Wall Street heads into the Friday session with modest gains for the week. The next move for the market will likely depend on the government's November jobs report, which comes out later this morning. Analysts surveyed by Bloomberg expect to see a slowdown in hiring last month an indication that the Fed's interest rate hikes are beginning to bite. The unemployment rate is expected to hold steady. With interest rates rising and the housing market slowing, demand for mortgages is drying up. Sources say Wells Fargo is laying off hundreds more mortgage employees, the latest in a series of reductions in the industry. Wells Fargo is the biggest home lender among U.S. banks. Home buyers did get some relief this week as mortgage rates fell for a third week in a row. Freddie Mac's weekly average for 30-year fixed-rate loans slipped below 6.5% to the lowest level in more than two months. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Larry Kofsky on WTOP. At first glance, Terrence and Shania have nothing in common. Terrence is a musician. He's constantly traveling. He's 32 years old, single with no kids, and started smoking when he was 16. Shania, on the other hand, just turned 45. She owns a coffee shop. She is married with two kids and has never smoked. What makes Terrence and Shania similar is that they both have been diagnosed with small cell lung cancer, and it was caught early. That's right. Small cell lung cancer can affect anyone. The good news